chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I am thrilled to have Christine Swan on the show today. Christine is the Vice President of IT Business Partnering for Digital Farming at Bear Crop Science. Christine, I am so delighted that you are making time to be on the Something Extra podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's really a pleasure to be able to spend this time with you. Well, it's going to be fun. And I just know that your story is going to help our listeners, and I can't wait for them to learn more about you. We've been a partner. Technology Partners has been a partner of Monsanto Bear for, I want to say, 24 years, something like that. But you and I didn't meet until just recently, and we met through our good friend, Dan Roberts. That's right. Yes, Dan introduced us when I was looking to get some more connections in the area. So let's go back to how you grew up and talk to me about that, and then we'll get into a lot of other things. I was a farm kid. I grew up in a small farm in northeastern Missouri. My dad was a farmer. My mom was a school teacher at our local school. And it was such an exceptional childhood. You know, looking back, yes, I had a lot of chores to do. We had hard work, feeding the baby calves, picking vegetables. But I also think back to, I spent my childhood exploring creeks and the farm, spending time inventing new games, reenacting Little House on the Prairie. It really was just a special time in my life. In high school, I was at a very small rural high school, and my graduating class had 31 kids. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is small. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But you got a lot of personalized attention, I bet, Christine. Well, I did. And, you know, often people consider that to be so restricting to opportunities that I may have had. But because it was small and such a supportive community, I engaged in everything. I played three sports a year. I was in theater. I was in band. And it afforded me these experiences to not only engage, but lead in areas where I just don't think I would have in many other settings. And my parents instilled this lifelong learning and curiosity desire in me. And they also had this approach of the world's full of opportunities. You just need to step out there. You need to take them. And sometimes they 
flat out pushed us into those opportunities. You know, my brother and I had to do public speaking competitions when we were in grade school. And so it's funny because, again, people think about things are small. You don't have exposure to as many things, but we really did have that opportunity to experience so many great aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And then after graduation, I went to Fontbonne University in St. Louis I was drawn to Fontbonne because they had a degree in international business. And coming from that small farm, I wanted to travel the world, experience <laughs> everything. Yes. So I headed to Fontbonne with a declared major in international business and as a member of the women's basketball team. Is that right? Wow. I was going to ask you. So you played three sports. So one of them obviously was basketball and you were pretty darn good, it sounds like. And then would you play softball maybe? Yes, I played softball, basketball, and I ran track. You know, Christine, there's so much about that story that I love. Number one, your mom was a school teacher you know, naturally just instilling that love of learning. When I think about children today, I always say that to me is the number one thing as it relates to education. It's not whether or not you learn this particular subject or that. It's that curiosity and that love for learning because, and we'll talk about this, we carry that forward throughout our whole entire life. The other thing that I love that you said is you got to experience a lot of different things. So you did theater, you did speech, you did sports. Having that well-roundedness, I mean, you probably pulled skills from every one of those extracurricular things that you participated in. Yes. And, you know, today I think we narrow our kids so early and try and specialize them that they miss out on a lot of those different, as you said, areas where I can really draw on different skills different ways to understand people and empathize with people that were all part of being able to engage in so many areas. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about that exactly, (laughs) but I feel the same way because being able to experience a lot of different things and doing a lot of different things, I just, for myself, I was the same way. I got to do a lot of different things. And I know that I carried forward a lot of those different skills even today. So I'm not sure that we can solve that challenge right now (laughs) in this 30 minutes, but it's definitely something for us all to think about. So you went to Fonfon, but I want you to go back to calculus class because one of the questions that I'm always interested in for women, especially that have majored or found a career in IT, what was it that inspired you? I was in my freshman calculus class. And I remember my professor, Dr. Mary Abkemeyer, held me after class and wanted to talk to me. She brought to me this opportunity and encouraged me to think about a new field or a new subject that they were developing at the time. And that was information systems. She told me that I would be able to parlay both my interests in business and continue on that degree path. But at the same time, pick up additional coursework, um, an additional focus in computer science to be able to get a dual degree at the end of the day. And I'd never really thought of that. But she clearly saw something in me that, one, I didn't know even existed at the time as a career path. You know, to be able to blend business and that interest that I had there, along with this technology space and kind of an emerging at the time focal of bringing those two together. And so 
that was it. You know, I started taking those classes. I started learning code. I started learning database design. And I just really enjoyed the way that technology could enable those business goals and the achievements that I wanted on the other side. And it put me in a very unique position. Oh, for sure. Which has served me very well to be able to bridge the two worlds and talk the talk on both sides, which I wouldn't be where I am without Dr. Abgemeyer kind of pointing me on that way. Did you go back to her and just said, thank you, (laughs) you know, because look at what I'm doing today? I have, and it's really funny. So I guess it wouldn't have been last summer, but the summer before when the symphony does their big concert in Forest Park on Art Hill, I actually saw her. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I saw her at that event and contacted her to tell her that story again of this is where I am now. And I wouldn't be here without you seeing that in me and encouraging me to take that opportunity and take that step. Uh, That had to have been so special for her. I mean, talk about starting with your why. Yes, yes. (laughs) She could say, Christine is why (laughs) that I get up and do what I do every day. I love that story so much. I want to read something that somebody wrote about you, Christine. Christine elevates any team in which she participates. Her curiosity, her openness make her an ideal collaborator and help to multiply the possibilities. And I just think that's so beautiful. And that's probably at the core of who you are is just multiplying the possibilities and improving people's lives. So let's go on and fast forward. So you ended up graduating and you took a job with Monsanto, which as we know is now Bear, but you have had an illustrious career there. You've done so many things since you've been at Monsanto. And I want to get into that a little bit. Talk about your amazing journey that you've had at Monsanto. So actually, when I was at Fompon, I had the opportunity to do an internship at Monsanto. So that was my junior year in college. I like to say I started and I never left the payroll. So I basically interned for a couple years, finishing school at night. And upon graduation, then had a full-time job within the IT organization. And it's been 25 years, but it has been such a wonderful ride, you know, going through all of the different functions, working in different domains with so many people. Um, The company has changed so much over that point in time as well. I've never felt bored. I've never felt lack of opportunity or lack of challenge. Not (laughs) one day, not one day. And Monsanto has been such, and now Bayer has been such an exciting place to work as well. You know, company that's been on the cutting edge of thinking about how do we help really change the agriculture industry and help partner with farmers to become much more of the solution for how do we feed a growing population? How do we do that in a way that continues to take care of our planet? And, you know, even the challenges of climate change that farmers are dealing with now, how do we think differently? How do we bring technology, both from the products that we develop, but also from how those products get used and how we help farmers make decisions? So our goals are big and lofty. You know, our mission for Bayer is health for all, hunger for none. So there's no time to be bored. Right. 
when you're making those kind of contributions to the world, I mean, yeah. That's right. So say that again. It's health for all, hunger for none. Health for all, hunger for none. And we know that our food can be our medicine. Yes. So right now, Christine, you are the head of IT business partnering for digital farming. So tell our listeners, what does that mean exactly? So I have this really unique opportunity to have one foot in our in-house, so to speak, startup company of the Climate Corporation, which is all about equipping farmers with the data and the insights that they need on farm, personalized to their farm to be able to get the best outcomes that they can. And that is completely a digital business. And at the same time, I have a foot in the large global corporation of Bayer, which has all of these other aspects of being able to get to our goals and our missions and ambitions. And so it's a really great opportunity. And my team is, again, excited every day to be working on these challenging problems of thinking about how do we combine this tech startup digital farming, being able to get data from a field, use decision science to be able to get better insights from that. How do we combine that with our Bayer products and with some of our other R&D pipeline capabilities to really help bring new solutions to the industry as a whole? Mm -hmm. Very good. You guys have invested a lot in the digital farming and in what you're doing there. So let's talk about this real quick, Christine, and then we'll take a quick break. When you went into IT or information systems and international business, it was really kind of a a new thing for women, for sure. It was an emerging field anyway, but really for women to be a part of that, that's really unusual, right? So every organization that we work with is still looking, how can we get more women interested in the STEM fields? Let's tee that up. And when we come back from our break, we'll dive into that and we'll solve that challenge Okay, in about five minutes. Okay. Sounds great. (laughs) But we do need to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Christine Swan. Let's face it. The future is mobile. There's a good chance that you are listening to this show right now on your phone. Have you explored how you can move your business mobile too? Our mobile apps team at Technology Partners makes it their mission to move our clients into the hands of their employees and customers and change their business processes to meet the demands of their users. Let's work together and build a dynamic mobile app for your team. Go to tpi.co slash mobile apps and get the conversation started about how we can help you get your new application off the ground. Welcome back, everyone. So, Christine, we were just starting to talk about women in technology. And I said, when you started, I mean, that was an emerging field, but it was really interesting for women even, you know. And so you've been in this field for a long time. Tell me a little bit about your experience from when you started to now, because a lot has changed. When I started, even in my classes, I was often the only girl. And if there was a second person... (laughs) that was female, it was kind of earth shattering. And that continued into my early days of work at Monsiano. I will say that we have always had a good representation with some of our top leaders of being women. Mm -hmm. So I was hired in, Jan Holloway was CIO. We had a lot of great role models 
I would say that allowed us and has continued to allow us to think about if that person is in that role, I can be too. And I think that's a huge piece. I agree. Mm -hmm. But having said that, many times over the course of the years, I've been the only woman in the room. I have continued to have to, you know, speak up. We're doing a better job, but prior to seven, eight years ago, we probably weren't doing an efficient job or being intentional enough about who was on our interview panels, how we were writing our job postings, doing some of these things that historically were very slanted towards a male candidate. Mm -hmm. And so we've made some of those changes. We have tried to focus more on getting engaged with the community, helping to kind of encourage girls to be more involved in STEM careers and help to kind of create that pipeline for the region as well. So I've seen us get a lot better. We do a lot of unconscious bias training. We have a lot of events where we have made it a goal to not just include women, but to also bring our allies along with us. And that's been a huge shift Right. Because it's kind of a if I'm just, you know, a man saying I support you, that's one thing. But to be engaged in the activities and to truly understand the why behind having more women in STEM careers has made a major difference for us at Monsanto Now Bayer. I do believe Monsanto Bayer has done a fabulous job. You do have women in leadership, but I know one of the things that we talked about is ideally you would like to have 50-50, right? But how do you also put that path out there for leadership and retain your women? Unfortunately, during COVID, more women have actually left the workforce because they felt like they couldn't do it all. You know, that makes us step back as organizations say, well, you know, we need to be a little bit more flexible possibly because <laughs> so many women are trying to homeschool their children and do what they're doing for work. And it's a lot, but there's something you've been involved in that we teed up in 2019 that I'm so proud of. And it's companies like Bear that have put their hat in the ring and said, yes, we're going to support this. Companies like MasterCard, companies like Express Scripts and Edward Jones that are saying, yes, this is important. But we brought the technology leadership experience, TechLX, to St. Louis. And we are now on our sixth cohort, which I believe you're a mentor for. Do you think programs like this are going to be paramount for us to help people go to that next level? I definitely do. Helping all employees in you know STEM careers and NIT, I think is important from a development perspective. But especially when we look at you know how we aspire to have more women in those leadership positions. And it's not just a matter of we want to have the best numbers, you know, or we want to hit a certain goal. We know that we have better digital products. We know that we do better customer experience work. We know that having diverse teammates working on these big, hard problems makes our solutions better, makes our solutions maximized and really helps to drive where we need to go. And so it makes good business sense beyond just being the right thing to do. Programs like TechLX, which I've recently gotten involved in, are some of the core foundational 
things that we need to put in place and we need to encourage women to attend so that we can support their continued growth. And I really believe that will help not just women, but it will help all the corporations. It will help everyone involved. There's research that backs this up, that diversity of thought, background, gender, all of those things brought together, like you said, the outcome's going to be better. So you mentioned growth. So I know growth is important to you. So how do you continue having a healthy growth quotient? It really is. I think if we're not growing and expanding, then we're not really living. (laughs) I think it's just like breathing. I enjoy reading both in the field, but also reading other genres that help to stretch my mind and challenge me. I try and take some training or classes, usually in an adjacent space. So in 2020, I had the opportunity to take some strategic foresight and acceleration of kind of futures thinking course and get a certification. And really, it was just to engage my brain and engage my thoughts in a different way. So I think that's really important. And I think 2020 also challenged all of us to think, okay, you're at home. You have maybe more time than you did before. What are you going to do with that time? How are you going to learn a new skill? I know I have friends that learned how to bake bread or picked up guitar. I was trying to work on my golf game and my tennis game a little more, but it really helped me kind of think about you need to be more intentional probably as well on learning some new skills and stretching them in some new spaces. And I think 2020 did that for a lot of us. Oh, I completely agree. You know, I've got a mentor of mine that always talks about margin. And he says, you know, if you have your life so jam-packed that there's no margin, then there's no room for anything new to grow. Oh, that's good. So I love that. I love that you worked on your golf game and your tennis game. And this futurist, this foresight, that is so cool. And I want to talk more about that. I mean, I'm assuming that that was like future trends and being able to look around the bend. Exactly, right. And really thinking about the future isn't a linear path. And there are going to be a lot of unpredictable, which... Obviously, we witnessed this past year as well, a lot of unpredictable things that happen. And how do we best prepare ourselves and our businesses for that future? Right. Certainly in the business, you need to be thinking, you know, what could be around the corner? How are we going to maybe re-engineer or think about the business differently, but our life as well? So, Christine, I want to talk about something extra. Have you seen a something extra embodied in either a current team member or a former team member that just really stood out to you? And what was that? I would say that when I have seen team members really embrace diversity of thought, diversity of background and gender, and again, not just from the perspective of, I want to make sure I hit a quota, but I am seeking out these diverse thoughts and experiences and ideas so that we can create something no one's ever done before. And that has been to me the something extra on a lot of the great teams that I've been a part of, those that can truly be forward thinking, 
truly be innovative are ones that are able to pull and recognize the value of pulling those different thoughts, opinions, and perspectives. I love that. Well, tell me, is there a time where maybe that something extra was missing that you can look back on now and say, wow, maybe I could have been more of this? I think it goes kind of to this, I'll use a basketball analogy, right? Of you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I talked earlier about how important it was for me my whole life to be able to seize opportunities. And I think the times that something was missing, it's when I didn't take that risk or I didn't take that opportunity that I should have, I was too cautious. So whether that is the opportunity of speaking up in a meeting, saying something that I needed to say, or feeling not quite confident or comfortable in taking on a new project or a new role. To me, those are the times in which we do ourselves the greatest disservice. And those are the times I'd say that I didn't have that something extra I needed to have. Mm -hmm. So Christine, what do you believe is the something extra that every leader needs? I think that something extra is optimism. And it's optimism, not just in the current situation or the future, but it's optimism in the people that they lead. Being able to see what that person cannot see in themselves and having that confidence in them and giving them that optimism as well. Kind of going back to my calculus class, if Dr. Abkemeyer didn't have that optimism in what I could do in that future and showing me that future... I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think I have seen that continually in my life across leaders, mentors, teachers. And to me, that's the key thing we can bring as leaders to our organizations and our people. Mm, I love that. You know, Dale Carnegie, I love Dale Carnegie, Mm -hmm. but he talks about enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the secret ingredient because he said, if you're not enthusiastic about something, why would your people be? (laughs) Why would your client be enthusiastic, right? Yeah, exactly right. Oh, yeah. Optimism. I think it's contagious. So, Christine, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. You can recruit people to bear, you can, (laughs) whatever it is, and how our audience can get involved. I'm going to stick with our theme of STEM and of getting girls and women more into STEM because we have a lot of challenges, right, as a world. And we need the best and brightest minds to be working on these across all walks of life. And I'd ask and challenge your listeners to think about how you can help provide those opportunities. Think about how you can help show a girl, show a woman what she can do, the excitement and enthusiasm for STEM. You know, I get to work on big, hard problems like sustainable environment and how we can make our planet more healthy. And that's a STEM problem. That's something that we have to work on together. So get involved or at least encourage girls to take advantage of programs that we have. You know, we have the Academy of Science here in St. Louis. We have different camps that are given. I'm on the advisory board at UMPSL. There's a camp every summer for computer science. 
There's Black Data Processor Association, which we sponsor teams as well that are winning national competitions in computer programming. So I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. I just think we have to help girls see what those are and see what they can become. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more. And sometimes you can't be it if you can't see it. That's exactly right. (laughs) So I totally agree with you. Well, Christine, this has been so much fun for me. I hope it has been for you. I know that your story is going to impact our listeners So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on the show today. I have really enjoyed it, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen. 